0: And now, a special edition of the Toddcast podcast. I press this button right here. What do you got?
1: Yeah! (laughs) What's up, bud? Oh, man. I'm good. I'm good. good. It's good to see you. This is the third time we've done this for the Toddcast. Uh, But the first that, of course, we've been able to do this face-to-face, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's good to see you.
0: Uh,
1: How's it going? It's
0: interesting as uh, I, I, I know that you've uh, been informed of what, of what yeah. we're up to.
1: Yeah, we have big news. We're going to share this podcast. We'll get to that later on. This is the whole okay, okay. tease of the, why okay. Trevor Hurst of Econoline Crush is joining us for his third appearance on the podcast. But yeah. I'm wondering, as a medical professional, that's what you do on your side hustle when you're not rocking the world. Yeah. What's your take on COVID-19 and how everybody's reacted to it, how the, the world has kind of somewhat quarantined not really is it bigger than it is is it smaller than what it was what's your it, take
0: well when i when i got a uh, one of my first jobs there was two shipping containers out front of the building right and uh one of them the back half of it was full of stuff for h1n1 in preparation for the community, just in case something went on. So this is worse, and this one's tougher than that. And um, it is, it's a virus, it's real, it's uh, very, very um, contagious. it just, we're lucky, you know, like people are lucky. Um, it's odd too. It's a really odd virus. Like there's all these odd s- sort of statistics, things floating around, misinformation, all this other stuff. So people really don't know a lot about it. I-, I-, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I would just say that it is a real thing. I think wearing a mask, I don't know why that became such a deal. It's like, just wear a mask. It's no big deal. It's like, remember those bandanas we used to have to have in the eighties or whatever, in nineties, you'd have these bandanas. Remember like, now, now you can have that legit like and put it on like be a cowboy come on
1: Yeah, <laughs> no it's amazing that people uh, fight that hey it's like it, it not only helps like you and your family and your friends but it's also helping the frontline workers
0: well like, well exactly Have you ever seen that I think it was on Twitter I saw it where the guys naked is peeing and there's another guy like a few feet away and he's naked and he's getting pee on his leg
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: and they're like had the guy over here been wearing pants And you were wearing pants you probably wouldn't have got any pee on you at all that's how masks
1: work right (laughs) and 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 how how, not not funny but for a lack of better phrasing how funny is it that attention now has shifted to the riots and then suddenly oh shit, we're still in a pandemic everybody
0: yeah like i watched that and i i'm really worried of what we're going to see but what's kind of unfortunate or whatever uh, of this situation and all that comes with all those riots, um, we're going to realize pretty quickly how real this thing is because if we come back and it's just a moderate or even low case count, then maybe we know this virus is not as strong as we thought it was. If it comes back heavy. You know, it could be a
1: lot of trouble. Well, I thought that that was going to be the case Trevor when they, you know, uh, about, about a month back, I guess when Dr. Bonnie had said, you know, okay, we're going to open it up slow but you know yeah get your bubble a little bit bigger and you know maybe go to the park or whatever and and then suddenly ambleside you know park here stanley park white rock all these different places have like way more people than normal than if you you know like literally thousands of people and at at that point i was kind of bracing for oh man here it comes now and it's it, it really didn't come and i yeah. think that in the last what was it in the last 24 hours there's been one case in british columbia one new reported case
0: i know it's interesting so then what do you what what are the factors there you know maybe it's just because the the, the gathering was outside yeah. maybe this is something that just cannot function once it's hitting the sun or hitting the wind whereas like the scary thing is you know i do believe indoors like say two two workers or two friends or whatever telling a, a really enthralled in a story in a stairwell in an apartment building and then they take off and you come out and you walk down that stairwell if you've through the walk through the area where they were talking and one of those guys was symptomatic asymptomatic but still was carrier you could you could potentially get it you know within eight minutes of that conversation wow because it just hangs aerosol in the air you know and again a mask prevent that
1: well let's shift gears here a little bit. I know you're a hockey fan. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the abbreviated 2020 COVID playoffs?
0: It's weird. I, I think it just gets an asterisk, right? Like it goes down in history. Right. And,
1: and do you want your team to win in an asterisk year? It's it's strange,
0: yeah, right? And it's it's like the guys that know how to kind of come out of the gate. Like, there was probably so many guys. Can you imagine? You're sitting at home, <laughs> wife and kids. You're a science guy, man. And you're like, honey, come on. Another sub. I'm starving. She's like, you're going to lose your head. He's like, we're never going back. Forget about it. You know, and then all of a sudden ring. What? You know, muffled
1: a hoagie. And you're like, oh, God, I've got to go play hockey?
0: Right. Like, I wonder how many guys were not staying in shape.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Uh, probably all of them.
0: I don't know. I think there's going to be some keeners out there that were really like, when I come back, I'm good. You know, <laughs> who were, but I who don't know. you liking,
1: uh, before the virus hit.
0: Well, I'm always like, I am, uh, I'm partial and it's strange how I got there. So I should explain it. Cause a lot of people are always saying, well, how could you be a Philadelphia Flyers fan? I became a Philadelphia Flyers fan because of Reggie Leach and Bobby Clark. They're both from like flim Flon And, uh, uh, I think they're both from flim Flon or they're both up from up North anyway. Yeah. And I and I actually spoke to Reggie Leach on the phone from a radio station in Winnipeg uh, when he was being uh, honored in the Manitoba, uh, you know, I guess it was athletics or whatever Hall of Fame sports yeah. Hall of Fame. So yeah, so that's so I was so I was hoping for the Flyers. I'm always hoping for the Flyers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're
1: losing our connection here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
1: um, what are you What uh, have you been watching yeah,
0: Have yeah, you been watching, been watching anything
1: lately or what Um
0: Did you watch that What was it called uh, With uh, Bateman
1: Yeah Ozark
0: No that other one The Where he was like Was it called Ozark no it wasn't Where he, it was a Stephen King novel before
1: Oh uh, And there was a
0: kid uh, kids there's a like a a demon going from body to body to body murdering people and it and jason
1: jason bateman yeah i think it was jason bateman jason bateman i'm just just gonna get my uh my producer my producer is gonna look this up for us right now
0: get that producer to look that up
1: (laughs) get my producer to look that up for us and the
0: girl there's a woman that's an actress in that new series on hbo called run she was in it.
1: And you think it was a Stephen King? No, no, she wasn't.
0: Yeah, Stephen King wrote it, I think.
1: The Outsider. Yeah. Oh
0: I haven't man. I've seen I
1: haven't. it and I've I've heard nothing but good things about it. I thought you were talking about the Ozark. Uh if I've you haven't seen if you haven't seen that dude. Whew. Really? Like I'll tell you, Jason Bateman has got to be one of the best actors of the last certainly last few years.
0: It's amazing how he's like come from where he was to where he is now. Like wow,
1: right? Because there was a time where like it was like, yeah, he was written off pretty much.
0: He could have been a um, what was it? What was the other guy? You know, the other guy in uh, in that Twenty One Jump Street. You had Richard oh. Greco. He could have been a Richard Greco. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: wow <laughs> um, sure. oh man and so the Outsiders is really good then i've i've heard nothing but good things about it
0: yeah um, i mean i have it's weird like you know you you get in this time when you're quarantined and you should be binging watching movies and we have kind of as a group as a family as whatever but um music has been more of a thing like just working on music uh and then also all the other side of music. And, and so it's just been, that's been my consuming
1: thing totally
0: almost for the whole coronavirus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the silver lining is, uh, you know, to be with family and then kind of just do whatever you want.
0: Well, yeah. And it, it, it did kind of, it definitely like highlighted i think how much we kind of take for granted we're kind of like blasting through life and going yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'll get around to it yeah, yeah and you know you're not doing stuff with your kids or whatever and going to concerts like you just think it's just going to go on forever and all of a sudden you know you can't go to a concert you can't go to a sporting event it, it does it rocks your world doesn't it like i, I,
1: I can't remember who i saw it was recently i was talking to It might have been the guys in in, in bleaker or maybe it was uh, Aaron from AWOL Nation. No, oh, it was Aaron from AWOL Nation. Yeah. And he goes, you know, like, it, it, it's so crappy because we can't even go see shitty concerts. <laughs> <laughs> let, let alone the ones we want to see. We can't even see shit shows right now. Yeah. Which is so true. What do you think, by the way? What do you think of the idea? And I don't know if this is, if this is still something that Live Nation is, um, still wants to implement but certainly in the last little while they talked about perhaps bringing shows like you would get in a drive-in theater where you drive up, you'd see the show, you know, maybe put the speaker, you mess with the volume in your car or whatever. Did you hear about that idea? And what'd you think of it?
0: Well, it's interesting because like, uh, I think it was, I don't know. I'm trying to think what year it was. It was early 2000s. I was having dinner with uh, this guy, Tommy Nast, who's a radio guy. And, the, and two gentlemen from, I think it's Regis Pictures, which was this chain of, is that the right name? Regis, I think. It was a chain in the United States. And what they were look, working on was trying to do concerts in, like, on the screen. So like, it would be like a live event, but you could go in you know, Cleveland and watch this show from Chicago in the movie theater great and it was going to be multi camera and everything but um it just doesn't work like it just doesn't work
1: <laughs> not really it's like, like it's like when they do that with hockey games and stuff and they put them in the arenas and you're watching a game from chicago and, and toronto but you're sitting in rogers arena you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah I sit at home. hockey
0: yeah like and it, it there's You know there's reasons why the crowd works there's pheromones there right you get enough people in in a room and the pheromones are flying around and people get heightened and they get excited and there's just there's a whole connection and this thing happens and you just cannot duplicate that you know you can duplicate or you can create something else which i'm not saying couldn't happen but just just sort of have that excitement of a concert mm,
1: yeah yeah Yeah. And and when you look back over your career with Econoline Crush, we've talked a little bit about, uh, you know, touring and stuff and and opening up for Kiss and and all that. What are some of the key moments, if I'm pressing you for three right now? Like, what are some where you're just like, I fucking cannot believe that this is happening to my band right now? Like, three things
0: that I could think of from my whole career.
1: Yeah. Well, Okay, so you know how,
0: it's interesting, like, as you age and you go through life, I don't know if everybody does this, but I tend to like to revisit some advice I get and how I processed it at the time and see if I want to process it any differently. And um, I can remember working on, I don't know if it was, you don't know what it's like, or um, make it right. But there was a moment in time where it was just kind of like myself, Ziggy and Bob Rock in, in the studio. And Bob says, you know, I said something about, oh man, this is so cool, the way this sounds. And Ziggy was like, yeah, man, it's Hitsville, USA, or something. Like he said, you know, it was really funny, like just the way he said it. Bob looked at him and he was like, you know, it doesn't matter what happens with the song. I mean, you should be like involved in the process. The process is the answer. That's, That's where the, you know, the meat of it is, or whatever. And I can remember like looking at Bob and looking at Zig and kind of watching this go down and going, man. What a bunch of bullshit. We got to sell some records, you know? Like, you know,
1: I was like, the process is fine, but dude, we need this to be a big song.
0: Yeah. And, uh, but now I understand what he's talking about because, like, at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what the hell your song's going to do. But you will record and you'll record and you'll record and you'll build this thing. And if you enjoy building the machine, which we do so much, we've been doing it and doing it and doing it for over all these years and rebuilding it, tooling it and fixing it, changing it, and building it, tearing it up and building it again. We've been doing it so many times that um, you start to understand, hey man, it's the process. It's the process of recording, writing, fighting for the parts, you know, losing the battle for the parts going over you know um, arrangements it's just it's cool man the whole thing is cool it's a blessed existence and uh, I think the sooner in your career you learn that the better Um, another moment I can think of right now is just walking on to the stage at Madison Square Gardens opening for Kiss and just looking at that roof and going wow and then kind of thinking damn it I wish I was here in a Flyers jersey (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's awesome uh and then like uh
1: pause do you remember what you opened uh that set when you opened up for kiss at msg do you remember the song you opened with
0: i don't remember what i what we opened with but um the third song in was home And so what we would do was, what I did was, my record reps and I, we'd go and I'd, and it was cool because like lots of times, man, we'd go and we'd get to meet the people, uh, the GMs or like somebody from promotions in the organization. But I'd always ask for a jersey. The Kiss guys were so cool; they loved us, they loved the band. And so we, one of the guys just volunteered, he said, "I'll do follow spot for you." So we had this whole thing rigged up. So when we finished the um, the first two songs, I would run behind the guitar rig and throw on the jersey and so that night it was the ranger jersey of the town run back to the center stage do the jesus christ pose and wham they'd hit it with a spotlight and everybody would go bananas right yeah and uh so i can remember that you know just wearing that jersey and the light hits you and everybody's just like right right,
1: you know this is crazy like ah the phillies would be nice right now (laughs) Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah but when we listened when we went to philadelphia man it was unbelievable because uh, we were in this giant room and it was like, a, I don't know, it was like a break. So everybody was in there, like maintenance guys and trainers and all these people. And I was sitting by, our uh, at the time, our road manager and Fabrizio Del Monte. And we're sitting, uh, this guy's walking way across the other side of the room and I go, hey, Fab, 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 see that guy over there? See, see that guy? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I go, his name's Rocky. He was the trainer when Fred Shiro was the coach. (laughs) Nice. And this guy goes by behind us in a suit and he stops and he goes, What'd you say? in his Philly accent. And I'm like, Nothing, man, nothing, nothing, nothing. We're just uh just having some food. I was just making a comment. Nothing. It's cool. Thanks, man. And he's doing no, what'd you say? And I said, that's Rocky. Uh, he was the trainer when Fred Shearer was the coach. Like when he handed him the bucket to put the towel in to get Don Cherry. You remember that stuff? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, man, you must be a hell of a Flyer fan. And I go, I am. And he goes, come with me. And we went in the dressing room. I got three hockey sticks. I got a puck. I got a uh, uh, Lindros was the playing for them at the time. I got a Lindros jersey. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah.
1: Like, and, and all through Rock.
0: Yeah, all through rock and roll. Look, look at that. And <laughs> another quick hockey story. One time we were playing yeah. in uh, Albany, New York. And I and I see these guys walking down the hallway and I go, hey, Canadians! And half of them turn around and they go, how do you know we're Canadians? And I go, come on, you're hockey players, aren't you? Yeah. And they, they come back, you know, and they're from Saskatchewan or something. So we have this chat. And, uh, oh, it's just a funny shit. But the guy goes, this older guy, this veteran, he goes, hey, man, you want to have some fun? And I go, sure. And he goes, Come on, play along. So we go down into this this office area and past the secretary. He's like, I'm Myrtle, and she's like, "Hey." We go into this little room, and he goes, uh, "Hey, Chief, got the guy from Slovakia here, the new defenseman. What do you want me to? What do you want me to do with him?" And I'm just standing there.
1: So nice.
0: The guy looks up at me, <laughs> looks at that guy, looks back at me. Then all of a sudden the guy sort of the hockey player starts to laugh and we all start laughing. He goes, Jesus Christ, oh my God. And, you know, like he <laughs> was just so scared that they'd actually drafted somebody that looked like me. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Trevor, hit me with uh, hit me with your three Deserted Island albums that you'd need to have. <sighs>
0: um
1: like impossible question.
0: I know it's really tough, right? But if I was just to think about it really quickly and see, like um, I'd want one of the sound gardens, a sound garden um, protection by, um, what is that band called? Damn it, damn it, damn it. It's escaping me right now. Electro pop band from the nineties from Britain. Massive attack protection. Okay. And then um U2 October. Weird take. Wow. Hey?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that I would have been able to pick any of those. Well maybe the Soundgarden. Eh. Yeah. Definitely Soundgarden uh influence in your music definitely there's definitely that
0: well seattle like seattle because like that's where we hung out like in as we were forming the band and and who we'd go see you know we had friends in grunt truck and and tad and so we'd go see these bands um we had um mondo from poison idea do a canadian tour with us you know punk band from portland so yeah we we always had a connection to the northwest of the u.s for sure
1: yeah had uh Cornell taking his life. Last we talked, how fucked up has that been in the last little while? All the people we've lost. That is strange.
0: Um, I had heard stories so back in the day that like he was pretty pretty volatile, dude. Um, I just think Chester. That's strange too. Like
1: really good friends with uh, with Chris, and he and he killed himself yeah. on Chris's birthday.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. just yeah. I know it's not even. and and there's a lot of people too like that that end up passing away and and it's you know uh, some kind of like disease or whatever but you know it really was like one of those leaving las vegas scenarios too i I know many cases where people kind of either drank or drug themselves to death you know that don't kind of get lifted as a completed suicide yeah and something we should talk about like as far as musicians i mean it is a it is a mentally I think as a group of people, they're a lot more sensitive and they, you know, they're a lot more, um, exposed sort of in a lot of ways because, you know, you're putting your work out there for judgment. People say a lot of harsh things. People treat you kind of subhuman when they're reviewing your work. So then you're kind of like, Whoa, you know, it kind of hurts. Um, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, this
1: guy that can't play a fucking chord just told you how much your album sucks. Like really, bud?
0: I know, it's, it's crazy, but I get it, though. Like, I get it, whatever. It's all part of the machinery, right? Like, you just, yeah, you got to got to, you know, plow through or get chewed, chewed up and thrown out the back. Yeah. I, can, I like it. I appreciate the, the, the battle. I really do. I really appreciate it.
1: And speaking of the battle. Yes. W- when do we hear a new Econoline Crush record?
0: Well, a new... A new record is 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 on on its way. Uh, a new single or a newish single. So we re-recorded um, "Get Out of the Way," a song we recorded back yeah back in uh, 2008. So we re-recorded that, and it's really kind of fun because we were recording it just to launch this new label, this new relationship we were building, and this whole thing. And as we were doing that, all of a sudden, this pandemic kind of explodes and we're like wow and so we kind of used it in a way and it applied all the lyrics and everything seems so applicable to the to the pandemic and to the situation right now and so it kind of worked out great in that sense i mean it sucks a pandemic on <laughs> but we so we thought well you know what we're gonna put it out anyway we're gonna we're gonna work it we're gonna put it out anyway and see what happens
1: which unveils the big news the reason the key reason that we have you on the podcast uh today so trevor hurst econoline crush tell us what is up and new in your world
0: well we've got a bunch of things on the go but the biggest thing i think for us is that we did a deal with um Amalian records in vancouver it's an independent uh, label We're distributed through ingrooves universal so it's exciting very uh-huh. cool Yes. And while we were working on that, um, I became the president of the label. So I kind of have some control of that situation.
1: So yeah. Um, walk us through how, okay. So initially it was like, Hey, do you want to come jump on? And we're going to put, get out of the way. We're going to do, uh, with a, uh, distribution through Canada. We'll get it into the States as well. How do you walk from that to like, sure, I'll be the president of your label. How does that happen? What give give us the walk us through the steps that how did that happen? How to become
0: the label president. What? <laughs> I know it's a strange thing. Uh, super cool, by the way. Super cool. I think what just happened was that I was like, okay, we got like they'd hired a, a consultant and I phoned a bunch of people that I'd met, had relationships with in the American music business and kind of got the lowdown on the consultant. Phoned them back and said, okay, so this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And really, like, we have to do, we should be doing, you know, A, B, C, and D in this order. We should try and, and set this like this. And So I had a lot of input into what was going on. And um, a couple of the things that we brought to the table in terms of a band, and then as myself as sort of like being creative or having ideas and, and just getting going, um, I don't know, it worked out, it was like a really, so they were really kind of impressed. And so uh, Amal was like, okay, man, um, I'd like to offer you something and I want you to seriously consider it. And at first I thought it was just crazy. Like, it's just lunacy, like lunacy. But after a while I was like, you know what? No, I think that's kind of cool. Like, because the whole goal of getting back to doing this music thing more forcefully and and more full time was because, um, you know, I'd been doing some work um, the other thing that we have going on is we have a documentary coming up. So I segueing kind of poorly there, but, but we have a documentary coming out called Flatlander. And it's sort of about my graduating from Brandon University um, with a Bachelor of Science in Psychiatric Nursing, getting a job at Chinookawapka Dakota Nation and being there for three, almost three years, being their uh, home and community care nurse and just getting involved in the community. And so I'm filmed doing this whole process and the whole time also playing shows and trying to figure out where it is I should be going. And I realized that when I got involved in advocacy work for all people that are kind of like marginalized, but in particular, this community I was working with, that as a musician, as a public figure, you have bigger audience and you may have bigger impact. You know, it's a, it, it sucks because people hold on a negative towards you and your music, which sucks. But at this point in my life, I have kids, I have um, done a lot of things. I think it's you know, courage here and, and step up and say, look, this stuff is wrong. And one of the biggest things that I talk about in the documentary is just the, the way that the First Nations are treated in this country you know, it's a very, um, it's a very just difficult situation. So I would like to see, you know, there be change. I'd like to see there be dialogue. And if I can encourage that dialogue and encourage, um, you know, uh, maybe people opening their eyes and uh, to the situation and having empathy for others, rather than sort of just thinking about themselves. Um, yeah, I think that would be cool. And then also bring in some really great rock and roll simultaneously. It's like just just trying to have some fun, you know?
1: Just a couple birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, any idea when the documentary is out? That's cool, man. I didn't know that. That's amazing news.
0: It's gonna And see, the cool thing about the documentary is it needs a soundtrack too. So we're working on that right now. So you have the soundtrack for, uh, uh, you know, the, the, a rock record, basically. We're putting out a rock record like a normal rock band would do. Then we're doing this soundtrack thing. And then I was just going through a bunch of stuff tonight and there's all these crazy old demos and i was like man we should just do like a demo reel so like there might be just a ton of music coming up that is awesome yeah and i think the biggest thing too for us is like if this change happens we have to figure out how to like you know as a band how are we going to get our message out then if we're not playing shows Mm -hmm. and how do we make the experience online which is very different than concerts more attractive or whatever for the viewer. And I think for us, it's going to be probably giving some insight into the process because again, going back to the process, that's an important part of it. And us working on songs or talking and having little clips of that and then play the song and then explaining, you know, why this was this and this was that, you know, why we made those moves and had those instruments come in there, you know, and I think it'd be cool insight for fans to see how things get put together.
1: Oh, it's a great idea, hundred hundred percent. So, is this where I say, Trevor, are you looking for bands to submit to amalian Records?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Do you, you want to hear from just a ton of people? Are Are you going to be signing a a shit of bands in the next little while? Or, well,
0: what? we've got a couple bands that we're signing right now, um, but we're definitely not like you know Virgin Records or anything. But we're we're doing our best. Um, I think we'll see what what comes in like this fall and going into the spring of next year, I think it's going to be a lot of focus on the acts. The, the, like we have a band from, we're working with from uh, Tennessee called artifice. And, uh, uh, we have a couple of Vancouver acts, um, that were part of, uh, a, a million records before. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many bands, but I definitely want to, would like to hear music. I mean, like if there's a band that just blows your socks off, are you not going to sign them? I mean, you will find a way, right? It's, yeah. it's sort of like that when you're buying, buying those old vinyls and stuff. It's like, I don't really, I can't really. Uh, okay. Oh uh, yeah. uh, man,
1: I, I can't believe I've got a cap it here, but I, I, I probably should stop. Ah, fuck it. One more. I can buy one yeah, more.
0: just one more. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so where's the best place for people to reach out to you then?
0: um www.conlinecrush.net uh amalianrecords.com um we have the usual twitter and whatever and we can probably give you the links facebook
1: and stuff yeah i'll yeah, put all yeah, that yeah. stuff up yeah yeah awesome videos. trevor it's really good to see you man oh by the way we were talking before the covid you know about getting you out this way for an econoline crush slash todcast show at the railway and i'm sure yeah. we'll probably eventually get that happening again but yeah uh, yeah, I just wanted to let everybody know that that was in the plans for the summer, but, the uh, but but that ain't happening right now, kids. Who knows? Like, no. I have no idea when they're going to have a hundred plus person gatherings for these Toddcast shows. I couldn't tell you when that's happening again.
0: I don't know, but at least you got a, well. You got a new merch item. You know the Toddcast uh, <laughs> face mask.
1: <That's> right.
0: <laughs> it's a new merch item. Here Sounds we go.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Trevor, it's good to see you, bud. We'll see you online. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast.
0: Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd